This is Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, literally the best tag team on this planet. <laughs> and you're listening to the Matt and Brindo Wrestling Show. Time, we're taking over the prime time. And if you cross this, you're stepping over the fine line. But we can take this to the center of the ring. And when the bell dings, it's time to go. I'll hit the top rope while you're bleeding. No, slim me with the chair in the back of your head. Put you through a table, now you're thinking you're dead. As I climb the ladder and reclaim the belts, you're going home with a face full of welts. We came to win. Well, you better know it's Matt and Brendo's wrestling show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of MBWS. I'm Brendan Creasy, and unfortunately, Veronica is sick. So I brought in a ringer. Um, we have my friend, former pro wrestling illustrated columnist and a wrestling fan, Mr. Will Welsh. How you doing today? Hey, Brendan. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So we, we were just talking about, we go back quite a long time, but this is the first time we've ever talked for in real life, which is crazy. I- yeah, I think it's like we, I didn't make it out West Coast very often when, uh, when we were involved with the View Skew board. Yeah. So. Um, and I don't think you made it out East very often. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, it's just one of those things. Yeah. We were, so we were both members of Kevin Smith's message board from starting. I don't know. When did you sign on? Like 2000 ish? I signed on right after Clerks 2. Okay. So 2005. So, um, Yes. Yes. That sounds right. Okay. So it's been like, so that's like 10 years that we've, and then like, so the board went, I think they killed the board like in 2011 around that. So that was a long time. That's a lot of time interacting on a daily basis. And I remember um, being on there and I'm like, Will, and then when I found out your last name was Welsh, I'm like, that sounds really familiar. (laughs) Where do I know that from? And as a wrestling fan, especially as a Young, younger, like in my late teens, early twenties, a regular reader of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, you were a wrestling journalist in your early career. Uh, I would hesitate to use the word <laughs> journalist. Okay, uh, well, you had a column in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which, I, I, which is yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was cool. I mean, it was a. I, I grew up. I grew up a wrestling fan. I grew up. I didn't buy the magazines very often. Mm-hmm. Um. But what I would do, I'd go to the drugstore and I'd sit down in front of the magazine rack um, and I'd read everything from cover to cover. And yeah. I would do that for for whether it was PWI or The Wrestler or Inside Wrestling. And uh, uh, I forgot I forget when I got out of it. I got out of it after a while. But um, I think it was right about the time that, that, Hogan, that Hogan flipped and uh, mm. created the NWO. Um, is when I started to get back into it. And I was also in school for uh, journalism at that point. Yeah. Um, and I just, I started writing blogs and, and there was a blog at that point. Uh, Scoops run by Al Isaacs, yes. like scoopswrestling.com. It was a big deal back then. Very big deal. Yeah. So I was just a college kid at that point. Um, and, and I started writing a column and that somehow I got put in touch with Bill after who, uh, if you know, PWI is, is, yeah. He's the guy. Kind of godfather. Yep. I mean, they're called um, after mags because of his, he's so synonymous. Even magazines that he had nothing to do with were called after mags just because <laughs> of 
how big of an impact he had on the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, so I, it was, he was really nice to me. He brought me in. I started interning. Um, wow. Uh, the internship, uh, he actually left. Bill left for World of Wrestling Magazine, which was a big deal at the time. Oh, yeah. I actually knew some of the guys involved with that because we were on the same message board. And that was like the first magazine that I remember that really broke kayfabe wide open. Completely. It was like, it was like reading the dirt sheets, but on, on a full color, glossy, full color. And they also, cause they also were pretty tight with ECW. Cause I remember, didn't they even break off and make an official ECW magazine? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. There were lots of, uh, for a, for a 17 year old, 18 year old guy, um, it was a great magazine because there was a lot of, um, I remember there was a lot of pictures of like Francine mm-hmm. and yeah. some of those ECW ladies, a little bit more risque, if yeah, you will. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely more adult oriented than, than they covered ECW and things like indies and other stuff in a way that I had never seen before. Yeah, um, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, uh, well, that's, I was just going to say like that, that whole world for people that are newer wrestling fans, like I wish Veronica was here because we could kind of tell her this whole history lesson where before the internet was really a big deal, as like going back in the eighties, especially when there was no internet, the only way as a wrestling fan to find out about wrestling, cause like, especially before like wrestling was national, the only way to find out about other things going on in wrestling was through the magazines. Like oh, that, that, was, that was your whole portal to the world. That, that was it. That's why, that's why the magazines were so important. Yeah. That's why, uh, Bill was so important to the, to the industry. Um, because they outside when it was only regional, the only way to find out about a wrestler on the West coast, if you lived on the East coast yeah. was via the magazines. Um, so they, they were really important to the, to the growth of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And especially for things like when you had a promotion, I mean, you grew up, you're from the Philadelphia area, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were right there when ECW was happening. Yeah. But yeah. for a kid like me down and out all the way out in San Diego where didn't get the TV, I had heard a little bit of it on message boards, but to actually see pictures and what was going on, I found that out about in the magazines. I remember I actually ordered my first ECW shirt from an ad in PWI. <laughs> and I remember getting this package handwritten labels and and inside there was a little um I got my shirt but then there was like a little note and it was signed Tommy Dreamer I didn't know who the hell that was but he <laughs> but he, because ACW was such a like down, homegrown promotion like it was like Paul Heyman and a few guys just shipping shirts out of Paul Heyman's parents basement and 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 that for me that was just felt so cool because you had the WWF and WCW which were super you know polished and but then there was the alternatives and it just felt like kind of like punk rock you know uh, ECW was uh, uh I'm always going to be a fan of Paul Paul was somebody who always uh, has treated me well um I, I still get surprised I looked at one day and he's following me on Twitter I don't know wow. why I just I have no idea why I haven't really communicated that much with the dude in a very long time um but the one interesting thing that when I first started with the magazines that really kind of keyed me in on how important they had been and and at least were to the to the industry at that point was uh PWI had 
recognized world champions. Mm-hmm. So you would have WWF at the time world champion. You had the WCW world champion. And Paul would just call and would really, really ask us why ECW wasn't recognized as a world champion in our magazines. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was only an associate editor. I was, I was, I was not anybody that needed any convincing. Um, but, but he was always calling our editor in chief, Stu Sachs, um, and just really lobbying and trying to make his case because for him, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, that really showed me how important the magazines were at that point. Um, because the internet was still a, it was still coming around. Yeah. It was um, very wild west and it was mostly like message board communities and like news groups. And I remember rec sport pro wrestling was the yeah. place for everything. Um, and, and that, that this is a little side thing, but it's just hilarious to me that people are still giving Dave Meltzer shit for posting spoilers. And I'm like, this has been going on forever. Like, I, it drives me crazy when people try to act like it's just Dave and it's a new thing. I'm like, you could find out results from like the WCW tapings like months in advance <laughs> or the internet was even a thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you really searched for it and if you really wanted the news, you could go find it. Yeah. yeah. So, so you actually like interacted with a lot of like wrestlers and promoters and stuff or what was that like? Uh, most of the people I have to be honest with, most of the people that I talked with and that, that I interacted with, um, were on the indie side. I okay. did get to know a couple of the, uh, ECW, uh, the wrestlers fairly well, yeah. um, because we were local. I mean, I was yeah. going, if there was an arena show, I was going to the arena. So show. you were there when that was all happening. I mean, what was, talk about that a little bit. I mean, was it as crazy as everybody says? I never made it out there. I tried a couple times, but it just, Again, I was in San Diego and getting all the way to Philadelphia was just, especially as a college age or even when I was in high school, just kind of an impossibility. Um, so what was that like in the arena? The arena, the arena was madness. The, 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 the <laughs> arena was, was strict madness. Um, uh, the, from, from the way that the wrestlers interacted with the crowd and the crowd interacted with the wrestlers, um, Everyone was involved in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the wrestlers were the show, but, but I really do think that if it weren't for, for Philadelphia, if it weren't for the, the confines of that arena, I don't necessarily know if ECW would have become maybe New York. I, I, I think New York, if Paul had done, decided to do it up there, um, it still would have been successful, still would have become, uh, what it was, but, um, the arena, you never knew what to expect on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you always knew that you were going to get wrestling. You were always going to knew, and, and the wrestling was going to be good. I mean, if Rob Van Dam was on that night, you were guaranteed, guaranteed to see something that you hadn't seen before. Yeah. Same thing goes for New Jack in a completely oh opposite way. Yeah. If, if, if you saw, once you, once you hit, hear, heard, uh, New Jack's music play, um, you just knew to sit down and watch because it was going to be absolute mayhem. So. Uh, were you there for like when they were you there for any of like the real infamous stuff like when they crucified Tommy Dreamer or any I, of that? I wasn't no I wasn't there for the for the crucifixion uh, I was there uh, do you remember the night when uh, all the chairs were being thrown into yeah, the yeah yeah, yeah, the chair yeah I was there, I was there, yeah I was I was there for that night oh my um, god luckily for me I was I was not in a uh, 
anywhere in the arena where a chair was going to hit me. Talk about a money shot, though. They used that in their promos for years, like yeah. years and years. Yeah, I know mean, it's a, it's an all time it's, it's it's an iconic moment. I I think you'll probably see that moment forever. Um, yeah, like when you I, think of ECW, that's one of the things that, you think about. Is all yeah. those chairs flying into the ring. Yeah, I missed the very early years of ECW. I, I yeah. missed the really, really hardcore. The Jimmy, well, like, because back in the day when you had, like, I mean, like, when it first started, because I've been going back now on the WWE Network, and they have the old, old TV show, like, before, they, when it was still Eastern Championship Wrestling, when it was, like, Jimmy Snuka, Don Morocco, uh, yeah. the public enemy, like, before they kind of got sanitized, mm-hmm. uh, Axel and Ian Rotten, like... Those guys just seem so nuts. You know, I, I was going to say the one thing that shocked me when I when I started going to the shows and I'd get in the shows early, um, and and walking in and looking for interviews and wanting to talk to people and wanting to make mm-hmm. connections was I was terrified because oh, looking yeah. at these guys on TV, I'm like, they don't want anything to do with me. <laughs> They're going to be the meanest, nastiest people I've ever met in my life, and. And I remember meeting two people in particular who scared me to death prior to meeting them. One, <laughs> one was, uh, Mike Awesome yeah. and the other was Rhino. Oh man. And, and those guys both super intimidating guys and the sweetest, most, yeah, most comfortable people you could ever hope to meet. Um, they, they were just genuine and they were helpful and they were always around, uh, uh for a quote and just, Kind of excited to see you. Kind of excited to see mm-hmm. anybody from the magazines. Um, there were a couple times that I remember that, that when the PWI, PWI 500 would, would roll around. Um, I do remember, uh, not me. I wasn't too involved in, in the, the heavy numbers. Like once you got past a hundred, I kind of was out of the, the PWI 500 rankings. Um, but wow, you would have people, uh, balls, Mahoney. People still go crazy about that. Like, and now yeah, it doesn't even, I, I, now it's not, I don't even see how it's even matters, but I can't imagine it, what it was it, like back then. It, it was, it was, it was a thing. I remember balls walking up to me one night when he found out that I was working for, uh, PWI. Yeah. And just started just basically cut a promo on me. Oh, and man. I was like, dude, like, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and I had no, I had no idea what to say. I had, and I just, I think I probably stood there open mouth and was like, uh, I'm sorry, balls. Like, like I, I, we, we ranked everybody as fairly as we thought we could. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad the magazines are still around. I don't know how it, it surprises yeah, me. It, I don't know who, who is buying pro wrestling illustrated now. It's, I mean, I've, I've, I follow them on Twitter and it seems like a lot of people, I think it's a lot of like, it's gotta still be a big nostalgia thing for a lot of people. It has to be because you have so integral to the business, you know? Yeah, you have, because you have to go out of your way to find it. Now, I know yeah. the people who were still involved, many of them, uh, I think about uh, most of them were there when I was still there. So, yeah. I mean, it, you, have, you have Dan Murphy and Harry Burkett and Stu Sachs is still the editor in chief. And, and I know they're still out there grinding and creating the magazine. I'm just, I'm impressed one that it's still out there and mm-hmm. two, their dedication to it just amazes me. Yeah, it's it, and it's always seeing those guys. Um, and you go to a wrestling like any big wrestling, like WrestleMania week, and those guys are still working. They're still, I mean, all those guys. I've, I see them running around. I see them trying to get interviews, like at, at a WrestleCon or something like that. And I, they're still they're still a big part of elevating the indie world, especially. And 
Um, and I see, I always, I still see, you know, George Napolitano still running around taking yeah. pictures. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That was a really cool moment. I've talked about it before on the show, but um, I was, I, I actually got to meet him at a Mick Foley um, when he was doing his stand up at a WrestleMania in San Jose. And I started talking to George Napolitano and Kevin Sullivan, who had totally <laughs> blew me off previously noticed that I was talking to Jordan Palatano and he's like, Oh shit, you know who this guy is? Then, okay, now I'm going to talk to you because you, 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 you're not just some, I don't know. But because it made you, me feel, made me feel legit. good. Yeah. You're yeah. legit. You know, you know the history of the industry. He, that's what he said. He's like, you know, your history. And that's when I told Kevin Sullivan, I'm like, of course I know my history. This man's pictures of you terrified me when I was like six years old. <laughs> and that got, he got a real big kick out of that. He's like, that was the idea. So like, yeah. um, cause I remember reading, cause especially as a really little kid, I didn't, I get, especially when before like it got broken for me, like before K Fabe got broken for me, when I still <laughs> thought it was all real. Um, and, uh, and reading those magazines and not never seeing this on TV, like Kevin Sullivan on TV, because this was pre, like I didn't have cable, so we didn't even get like WCW Saturday Night or back at the, it would have been NWA Saturday or whatever it was, you know. Um, and so I didn't get any of that. And so just seeing these pictures of Kevin Sullivan like covered in blood and like with his whole satanic gimmick, I'm like, holy shit. What is, <laughs> like as a kid, it was terrifying. Uh-huh. And then watching like NWA and some of the other stuff when he did. And I was like, that's him. That's the demon guy. Like, that's too scary. I can't handle this. Yeah. And, the only reason you knew that was because of the magazines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then like, I, I was especially like, I remember when, when also because of the magazines, when Kerry Von Erich made his debut in WWF and I was like, Oh, that I know who that is. And like, my friends were very impressed that I'm like, <laughs> Oh no, it's this, he's been wrestling forever. And, and actually, and then like, um, arguing with friends about the, cause I, I remember reading something about the fact that he had like been in that accident where he lost his foot. Yeah. And that was yeah. still kind of, they were still trying to cover that up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I think he doesn't have a foot. And everyone's like, Oh, you're full of it. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, I, I read this thing cause there was, um, my friend actually had a tape of the AWA match where, I think it was Colonel De Beers or something ripped the boot off and they, the stump was there and they quickly cut away and my <laughs> yep. friend had it on tape. And so oh. I tried to tell my friends, they're like, what are you talking about? And then, I mean, we all know where that story went and it's tragic and sad, but as, as many wrestling stories are. Oh that's, my gosh. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that's actually what, what got me out of, of working for the magazines is, is, uh, uh, I think Eddie's death. It, it yeah. had just been one, one too many for me. Yeah. And it, for me, his was the capstone. That was um, when I stopped watching for a long time. Him and it, then finding I, out, him and finding out what happened with Benoit. I couldn't handle it anymore. I, I was, I was, Eddie, Eddie's death, it followed, it followed a whole bunch of them, but yeah. his, his really struck a note and I just wasn't interested. I, I was tired of writing obituaries. The one column that I wrote was, uh, was ringside and it was just Man. a straight news column. And, uh, uh, I think I, at some point I just, I can't do this anymore. And I stopped, I stopped writing for the magazines. I stopped watching. And then, then the, the Benoit news came out and I was like, Oh man, it yeah. just broke my heart. It just, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, time 
he was, and it's it was really hard for me because those guys were like my favorites, especially Benoit. He was my alt. It's it's really hard when when you're like this guy was my favorite wrestler in the whole world, and then he killed his family and killed himself, yeah. and we still, I mean, like, and people are still like going back and forth about what happened, and it's just awful, and. I don't know. I feel like, do you think we're in a new paradigm? Like, do you think that's over? I mean, I, I hope so. Granted, I'm not around, I'm not around the industry at all, yeah. um, other than just watching from the outside and, and, and reading the sheets. And, um, but it really does seem as if the personalities that they're now mm-hmm. employing, that the personalities that you're seeing in the ring are just much cleaner, healthier yeah. guys and girls. Yeah, and they're all big into, I mean, cause you look at those, like the previous, like when you think of a wrestler, you used to think giant muscles, meatheads, and I feel like that is definitely gone. I mean, you got, I mean, Seth Rollins is like, most of these guys are huge CrossFit guys. Yeah, they yeah. play a lot of video games instead of doing cocaine. And, um, it seems a lot healthier. I mean, I would be foolish to say there is no drugs, there is no this. Because I think in in any kind of thing where you're putting that kind of toll on your body, there's always going to be painkillers. There's always going to be that stuff. But it, it seems like this, the big thing that was killing a lot of people, which is steroids and cocaine, that seems to be going, if not completely gone, then definitely. Yeah, um, all, the, all the partying seems to have really been toned down. Yeah. All the hard drugs is really toned down. Um I mean, if it, if at all, it sounds like the wellness policy for the way people tag it and, and maybe Brock's in it, maybe Brock's not. (laughs) The Brock Um, thing is like one of, I think that's one of those weird exceptions. Yeah. But I, I I do, it does seem like it's working overall for the most part. If you're, if you're on tour regularly, it does seem like they're taking care of the boys a little bit more and making sure that the boys are taking care of themselves. So. Uh, I, I hope that, that we're beyond the stage in the industry where you're hearing about multiple deaths every yeah. year. Um, yeah, hopefully. I mean, we're gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna have to wait and see with that because, yeah, but it's just, it is, it is, it is sad that so many of the people that we looked up to and followed for years, like a lot of, I mean, are gone, especially look at ECW. I mean, in the last year, we lost both Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, when, when I got back into wrestling, I mentioned Mike Awesome. I was like, yeah. oh, let me see oh, what, that was let me just see what he's up to. And I, I had no idea because I had been been out in a way. And so yeah. I think I think I found out reading his Wikipedia page. I'm like, oh, hell. So uh, I, that just reminded me of – this isn't – so just recently uh, Joey Styles kind of stuck his foot in his mouth and said something <laughs> stupid. At a, but um, the ultimate thing that Joey Styles said that was horrible – but in hindsight, and I mean, I think he just gets it's unfortunate. It's, um, was when Mike Awesome performed at, uh, WWE's, their one night stand ECW pay-per-view. And yeah. the, the, and I remember, um, Joey Styles made a comment about Mike Awesome should go and kill himself. Oh, I don't remember that. I'd have to watch that hey. one again. Oh yeah. It's bad. It's, it's oh, and he even says that's the most, that's the thing I, Cause in the, at the time, like that was something that he would say and like, and right, now it's like, right. that, cause it was pretty soon after that that happened. And so, my, and, and uh, Joey, I don't, I feel like Joey's being like tarred and feathered a little bit 
over. I think people are going a little bit overboard, but I do think what he said was horrible. Um, but it, his apology and what he said seemed very genuine. Yeah, I don't seemed, know. It, it seemed like a genuine apology. I think the the biggest problem that that occurred that night is one, or I guess there's a couple of things. If he had said that ten years ago, fifteen years ago, yeah. It, 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 it would have been a laugh. Nobody would have said a thing. Um, uh, and two, it happened on, on the night that Evolve debuted yeah. on Flow Slam. That, not, that's bad. That's real yeah, bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think about, and then, but it is, it is kind of awesome thinking about the lasting contributions that ECW had because Paul Heyman's, um, you know, protege, Gabe Sapolsky went on to, like had a big part in Ring of Honor, had a big part in Evolve, had a big part in developing some wrestlers and in, 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 in a style that is so prevalent today. So it, we're, we're seeing its impact probably for, you know, it's still happening. Well, I think you're seeing it. I, most people kind of remember ECW for the trash wrestling, for, 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 the, for the new Jack stunts, for the new Jack matches, mm-hmm. um, for the barbed wire matches. Um, but really what Paul introduced – um, that has had the, 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 the lasting legacy is making smaller, more independent, high flying wrestlers yeah. your main event. And yeah. if he hadn't done that, I don't know if we'd be looking at, at a Seth Rollins yeah. or, or, or the ne- necessarily the crop of wrestlers that we're looking at today who were, who were uh, Sami Zayn. You'd never, you, Sami Zayn's body style would have prohibited him from becoming the star that he is today 15 years ago i mean it never would have happened um and i think if anything that's where ecw's legacy really stands out is that they just kick down the door for the smaller guys who can just work and as long as you can string together match after match after match and they're just great matches it doesn't matter how big you are necessarily or 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 how strong your physique looks it's it's can you go and i think really that's where that's where paul really broke doors down yeah because that's the thing that now that I have the network and I can I can watch every wrestling event ever from like NWA, WC, WCW, you know, some of like world class and watching these guys. And yes, there were a lot of good workers back then, but overall the work rate is so bad. <laughs> like yeah. you like a lot of the like especially you get in like a middle card undercard of like a even like a clash of the champions or like a you know um like some of these and, and like you just it's like two out of shape guys like but because they're big or because they have like a certain like and like you compare it to like today it's just like that's where i feel like a lot of wrestling fans view the past with such rose colored glasses and it tends to hold progress back sometimes that's my one beef with some of this nostalgia that people have because i'm like if you really start looking at some of these matches like those would not work today they wouldn't because like the work rate has gone up so much i mean even even the bigger guys the the bigger guys who exist now are generally so much better workers than like kevin owens i mean that's like your prime example right there i mean i I mean you go far as big show big show when, when he was in his prime Wow, he was a good worker. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he, he's going to be limited in, in some of the stuff that he can do, but at the end of the day, he actually could, he moved and, and he could, he could work a match. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been, been fun watching how the sports evolved. Yeah. Well, moving into the present, what got you back in? God, what did get me back in? 
Um, for me, it was a summer of punk. I know. I, so I, I came in after that. I, okay. I think I, I always touched it. I would always throw on yeah. raw for half an hour every once in a while. Um, what did bring me back in? I, I think I started, this is, this is going to be funny because he's, he's so controversial. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been Cena. Yeah. Um, because I started watching him and I was like, he's, he's not awful. Um, and his matches kind of harken back to an old era. The, the character certainly harkens back to an old era. Yeah. But, uh, but he, he seems so genuine. And I think that's the one thing that, that I hadn't seen in a long time was somebody who just, I think he is, I think the dude you see in the ring, that's him. Um, and I was really, he got me into it. So it's, it's not the coolest answer. It is, mm-hmm. it is by far the coolest answer, uh, or not the coolest answer. No, but I feel you, man. But, I think he's great. I, I think he, what he's done for wrestling and the amount of work he puts in, in the ring, out of the ring, it's kind of set an example. Like we talk about the work rate and how hard these guys work. I think John Cena set the precedent for a lot of that. And, and now like if you want to succeed, in especially in the WWE, like you have you have that bar and it's so high. Yeah, I mean he's the benchmark. I mean he's he's gotten better over the past two years. Oh yeah. I mean, his match his, his matches over the past two years, like his matches with Owens were phenomenal. Just mm-hmm. just just uh the whole open challenge. I mean, like think yeah. of his match with Sami Zayn when Sami Zayn was like seriously injured, they still pulled off an amazing match. Yeah, so so and that, that, I, yeah. Go ahead. I just, I don't think, like, like you're saying, like, I don't think in, in the, the way he works with makes everybody look like a million dollars. Uh, and, 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 and I, I don't think that's a one in a million kind of guy. I, I, I thought that that, that'll be, that'll be the headline that you'll get for, uh, for this podcast. Of course, the PWI, <laughs> the PWI guy says that, that what brought him back into the, into the sport was, um, Cena. <laughs> but, um, okay. So you're watching now and then I remember reading some tweets, uh, you have a seven-year-old daughter. Yeah, yeah, and uh-huh. and she's a big Bailey fan. Oh my God, man! Um, we went, so we would start, we would start watching NXT, the NXT together, mm-hmm. and um, this was, this was, uh, it was during, it was during the the Bailey Sasha feud, yeah. um, and she she wouldn't really care about the rest of the show, and even <laughs> even if it was Sasha herself wrestling a match against anybody else. She really wouldn't care. But as soon as Bailey would, uh, as soon as Bailey's music would hit, I mean, enraptured, just absolutely all about Bailey. Um, and then we took her, we took her to a show. Um, NXT came, came to Philly, uh, about a year ago, maybe a little bit less. And, mm-hmm. um, we took her to that and it was right before Bailey went up and, um, she was so happy to see her live and in person. It was like, it was like Christmas all wrapped up into, up in, into 10 minutes. Like what, how, however long the match was. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out, um, what I can allow her to watch on Raw now. NXT yeah. is for what NXT is for as, for as smarky a crowd that, that it, that it always, um, uh, I guess attracts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also really family friendly. Oh like, yeah, it's super, like a super family friendly wrestling show. Like it's very 
like anybody like, can watch anybody it. Can watch it. Right. So when now that now that uh, Bailey's up on Raw, I just I'm a little bit more conservative in and what I mean. She's still only seven, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't want her watching that show front to back. Um, so I kind of I'll, I'll save segments for her to watch, or I'll just remember where in the show Bailey might have come on um, and show them to her. Uh, and then <laughs> I can't show her SmackDown from this week because I don't know if she would if she would buy Bailey joining in on a uh, oh man yeah, I don't... a gang style beatdown. Yeah, it was crazy. It's, it was so, it was so jarring, but I mean, I get it. They're trying to push like the brand split and I like that. I want to see that, but it's also weird seeing them like Bailey wouldn't jump those people. Bailey's friends with all of them. Like everybody, everybody else on the raw team would have done that. Yeah. But I just, it, it was so out of character for her. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was weird seeing Bailey jump somebody. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, and I don't necessarily know if there's any other wrestler, male or female, that you could say that about yeah. um, right and now. I still – do you think Vince understands what he has in Bailey? I, th- I think Hunter does. Yeah. Um, and I think as long as, as, long as uh, Hunter still has Vince's ear – I hope that's not an issue. I mean, it, her and Sammy have, their characters are so similar and they should really kind of follow the same path to the title whenever they, whenever, whenever they reach it the first time. Um, I really hope that, that, that they allow Bailey to grow. Um, and, and I hope they do it slowly. Um, it seems like they're, that they're going to kind of fast track her into a Charlotte feud. Um, I really kind of hope Charlotte goes over in that feud because I don't think Bailey should 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 necessarily come out on yeah. top right away. I hope they do it because, like in NXT, that was like a two year march mm-hmm. to that title, and she had major setbacks and like she got shut down by Charlotte. She got shut down multiple times by Charlotte, and but that's what built that character to when mm-hmm. you had that match in Brooklyn with her and Sasha, and that was the best match of that whole weekend. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had that if you hadn't had that build. And I, I hope it seems like you know we, it, it's kind of starts and stops. But um, I don't know. It's an interesting time in the company. Period. Is you know it seems like it seems like Vince is still holding on to his you know ideals, but he's also been more open because I mean, could you imagine in your wildest dreams like ten years ago or five years ago even where AJ Styles and Kevin Owens are the two champions? Like no. that's crazy. No. It was so surreal watching Styles in the ring, in the ring with Undertaker. Oh my that God. Was, that was surreal. I was feeling the buzz right. That has they have to do that, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. has to happen. That, 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 I, especially if, if SmackDown's his home, if that's going to be a thing and he might, he might appear semi regularly, mm-hmm. um, you have to run that feud. Oh man. I mean, that, that's, you, you kind of, there, there's very few people that I think deserve an Undertaker run. Yeah. Um, and, but Styles is certainly, he's got to be near the top of the list. And he's just been, tearing it up so much i mean everybody was so scared what was going to happen to styles and i mean he's been in the wwe for like 10 months and i don't think anybody has had a run like he has and just kind of taken ownership of that role in that position he's become the guy i have to admit i was wrong 
I, I was dead wrong about styles about how quickly the, the crowd would accept him. I remember talking with friends, uh, prior to his debut at the rumble and, um, and I was saying there's no way that he gets introduced at the Rumble. There's no way that his music clicks and they bring out AJ Styles and the crowd goes dead. Oh. I forgot that it was Orlando. Yeah, that was uh, smart. So that was, very, so that was my mistake. Yeah, but but when when he came out and the crowd went through the roof, I was I was yeah. not expecting that by any stretch of the imagination. I was just happy because. As soon as it happened, I'm like, that's it. He's over. Like, and he's going to stay. And because as soon as he gets that momentum, AJ Styles is the kind of person that he will only build on that. Like, you look at what he's done. Like, New Japan, when he came in in New Japan at first, audience kind of like, oh, I don't know. They gave him the belt immediately, which was a huge risk on New Japan's part. Uh But then it paid off in spades. And, and then that led to his, I mean, gosh, I, I just can't believe it hasn't even been a year and, and here we are. We got, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, Nakamura is just killing it on the NXT side. AJ is killing it. And I feel like, and you talk about the Undertaker feud, but I also feel like their paths are headed towards each other also, which gives me, I'm so excited. Like, even if it's a year from now. The Nakamura and Undertaker or Nakamura and AJ? Nakamura and AJ. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. That's my, cause I mean, yes, it's only, again, we're like, um, I just, I just been, I've been watching some New Japan lately and, and, uh, I, I just rewatched their, um, AJ and, Na- and Nakamura's match at, uh, Wrestle Kingdom from this last year. And I'm just like, the fact that we're probably less than a year out from having this match at like a WrestleMania situation or something, mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it says a lot. But let's talk about Undertaker. What were your thoughts on, uh, SmackDown? Undertaker making his big, um, return and basically saying, I'm gonna wrestle more, and what do you, do you think this is his last big? This is setting up a last run. Like, what I, do you think this is? I mean, I think it has to. I think it's what we're we're only a couple five six weeks away that mm-hmm. that there were photos of him out there on the on the internet on crutches. Yeah, he um, had a. I guess he had a surgery, and that's what he was recovering from that surgery. I mean, it's, it's trying to imagine him as a semi regular guy at this point is tough yeah um i mean because yeah you think about it he made his debut wwf debut um where 26 years ago survivor series 1990 uh one of my first i remember that was my one of my first big hallmark moments i was 10 watching that and watching Undertaker and and he had he had already been wrestling for like five or six years prior to that so Gosh, that's a, that's, that's crazy that he's even still going. It's, and, and I mean, it really does seem like that he's, he's might tour with SmackDown, mm-hmm. which blows one, it blows me away that it's SmackDown and not Raw. That, yeah. that, that really does surprise me. But I mean, it, it reassures not, me that they have a, they're, they're not just casting aside SmackDown. Like I think that says a lot for their, value of SmackDown? Well, I mean, it's been doing so well. It's kind of, it kind of is reminiscent of the first brand split and where, when Heyman was leading SmackDown and SmackDown became kind of the show to watch. Yeah. Um, and, and I know for me, I watch, I watch the shows really differently. Um, uh, I, I, I go for, uh, morning runs. So what I'll do is 
I'll watch the show from like four to 5 a.m. and then go for my run. So mm-hmm. it takes me all week to catch up on the shows. <laughs> um, but now I, for, at least for me, if I'm, if time's running short and I need to watch one or the other, I'm now leaning SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, which it, it really surprises me that, that, that WWE is allowing that to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, crazy. It's, it's good. It's good. I mean, and that's not saying that I, that I'm disliking Raw. I'm kind yeah. of, uh, I'm, I might not be your usual smart mark. I, I think both shows are excellent right now. Yeah. And I don't have a whole lot to complain about. I mean, I, I, from, from top to bottom, I think maybe the cruiserweights, uh, could use a little bit of work, but maybe they're shifting to SmackDown, um, after this weekend. So maybe they'll, yeah. they'll be able to be utilized better. But, but I think both shows, they're, they're just so filled with talent, top to bottom. It's just, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if he's Slater's getting up. Let's, let's go moving, moving over to Raw. Chris Jericho, I thought just destroyed on the mic this week. Jericho for me, and we were, we were just talking about, uh, Undertaker with, with his, uh, longevity. Jericho for me, when you had told me if he had, when he debuted for WWE, um, what, like 16 years ago? 99, uh, yeah, longer than that, yeah. yeah. Performing and would be a regular performer nearly two decades later. To me, he really does seem like the guy who might have had one of the greatest long-term runs mm-hmm. of just all time. He, yeah. he might not have the championships to, to go behind it or the, the super high profile feuds to, uh, over the course of his career. But and his, his career has been like flair in that, mm-hmm. in that he's never been not good. I mean, he's always excelled and he, yeah. and he, He's, he's older than most of the guys on the roster now by, by a good margin and he's, he's outperforming them. Yeah. And, but it, uh, and also I like how he's definitely given a boost. I mean, the fact that they immediately paired him up with AJ when AJ came in, I feel like that helped get AJ to the level he needed to be at. And then, um, and now you got him basically like, I mean, him and Owens working together where like it, they're just so, I mean, it's really made both of them shine. And and the fact that he's supposed to be this, it is weird that he's supposed to be this big heel, and he's now he's got a catchphrase, like he's got all this stuff. And, but I think that's the crowd. I think the crowd just can't hate Jericho. <laughs> like you can't. I really, I really don't think that that at this point there are faces and heels. Yeah, people that the crowd cheers for, and the, if and people the crowd doesn't. Um, like I don't know what Rollins is right now, and uh, he mm-hmm. he's definitely a, a tweener. Um, I think he, I think he's as stronger as a full fledged heel. Um, but, uh, Jericho, he's, he's just been the way he takes his time for the, for the catchphrase for the, for, for the list. Mm-hmm. Um, the interaction watching, watching somebody like Owens, who you would not necessarily think his, his character is going to traditionally play into a comedy side because he's so aggressive and so nasty. Um, and the way he allows that to kind of wash over him and embraces it, the two of them together are just astounding. And they really are. Yeah, I'd, I'd love the whole thing where right in the middle of, I think you, I forgot who Jericho was running down. He had just kind of had his whole thing with AJ. And then he just looks over and he just, without even, at first you don't realize what he's doing, but he's like, what is that? And he's like <laughs> pointing at Ellsworth. 
And then the whole, like, and then I also got to give props to Ellsworth. His reactions to things are so great. And, like, his reaction to when Jericho said, you just made the list, was, like, kind of added to it so much for me. Like, he's like, oh, no, no. Um, what are your thoughts on James Ellsworth? I'm just curious. I can't, I can't believe you signed a full-time deal. <laughs> That's uh, insane, that, right? That they, just, just happened. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know how well he can work. I have no idea. He hasn't done a huge amount of that. Styles yeah. basically saved his life in the ring one night. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, Oh dude, no. Like we, this is, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I saw what he was doing. I'm like, Oh shit. But he, he I, he's an emotion machine. Yeah. I mean, he, he is, he is somebody that they can really, really drive storylines around. I mean, even from, uh, uh, from, from this past week, uh, watching him in the ring with everybody. Um, uh, oh wow. And I'm blanking on his name. Third member of the shield. Um, Ambrose. yes, thank you. Wow. Completely <laughs> watching Ambrose kind of take him by like, to like take him, take him in and protect him and, and kind of be like, it's all right. It'll be okay, buddy. Yeah. That small little interaction does so much in terms of storytelling. Um, and I think he's giving them options in their storytelling that I don't know that if, if they've had them before, they've never embraced them the way that they've had. Like you could have probably done something similar with like a hornswoggle, mm-hmm. um, where you could have had people kind of adopt them and bring them along and make sure nobody's going to hurt them and, and take care of them. But, but the way that they're doing it was with Ellsworth is, is I mean, he has two wins over styles. Like, yeah. you're like that's amazing. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's, it's pretty cool. So Raw this week, the big thing, we had the big men's confrontation. And then on SmackDown, we had the big women's brawl. So I think they've, this is the first time in a long time I'm actually really excited for Survivor Series. What are your thoughts? I on? am. I, I, I think, I think the matches, I hope the matches aren't just schmoz fests, mm-hmm. uh, which I think matches like these generally tend to be, but they yeah. really, Despite the fact that that you really have no ownership over Raw or SmackDown, and I think when when you get into the brand split and you, and you watch these brand split, brand split matches, I guess you start rooting for the side that your favorite wrestlers are on more because it's not mm-hmm. as if it's Philadelphia Raw versus versus Los Angeles SmackDown. Yeah. Um. And so you, so you don't have that necessarily hardcore built in fan rooting interest. Um. But they've done a really good job just, just pitting these guys against one another. And, and the SmackDown team definitely, at least on the men's side, seems way more united than the, than, than the Raw team. Mm-hmm. Um, watching, watching Reigns look at, look at, uh, Jericho and Owens while they were doing their best friends routine on, <laughs> on Monday night, uh, was fun. It's, I, I think it should be a pretty good show. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the, for the moving away from the, the, the Survivor Series matches. Yeah. I want to see Zane and, Zane and Miz. I think that's going to be, do you think, do you think, do you think, what's, what do you think is going to happen in that match? I, I hope, I, I, I hope that this is their opportunity that, that Sammy wins the title and then doesn't bring it back to Raw and, mm-hmm. and maybe, goes maybe, to SmackDown. and goes to SmackDown. Um, I think he needs to go to SmackDown. I think that's what needs right. to happen for Sammy to break out. He he needs he needs to be away from Owens. 
Yeah. Um, he really does need to be, be away from Kevin. That's a huge money match down the road. Like when they, mm-hmm. like when it, cause you gotta build that back up. They fought a bunch of times. If you look at like what, like the way they did it, like that feud in PWG Ring of Honor, they would, they would have that, they would have their matches and they'd keep them apart or they'd have them team up for a while. But and now you have this opportunity where you can keep them apart for a good long while and then down the road and like, cause they're gonna, that's gonna be, those guys are gonna be around for a long time. I mean, yeah. hopefully injuries and everything aside, but these are, they're, it, and it seems like they're aware of that and, I know I'm hopeful. I what do you think about Miz just taking back the title against poor Dolph Ziggler? Can't seem to get a break. I, I tell you, I feel bad for Dolph, but but Miz has been one of the most consistent guys that they've had. Oh, yeah. I think over the past eighteen months. I mean, yeah. it his I think his feud with Dolph has really elevated what he's been able to do in the ring. Um so I'm kind of excited to see what he can do with Sammy. Um but in terms of Maybe when I was saying earlier, there's no such thing as hardcore faces and heels. He is a legit heel that, that I think a certain segment of the fan base is starting to come around and respect him. Um, just his general overall character and working style. But, but there's nobody in the audience who's cheering for him. Um, even I don't think I, if I would go to a show today, I'm not going (laughs) to cheer for Miz despite how much I might appreciate what he's doing right now. And I think that's why he's so great. I mean, I just, I've always been a pretty big like supporter of the Miz because I remember when I just got back in to it or when I I think I was watching because I've I've never like fully disconnected, but I've had a few, like sometimes a couple years where I only watch every once in a while. And I remember watching him even when he was just starting and he could turn a crowd on a dime. And I'm like, that is a skill that is rare. And the fact that he could do that when he was just starting and I was like, who knows what's getting. I think we're now seeing this. I think we're in a new era of the Miz where he's going to just be able to, I don't know. I mean, he, he can work against pretty much anybody and, and, uh, just the way this whole thing with Daniel Bryan. And, uh, just his I mean, fieldwork is amazing. I, I like, I like the story, but the, his appearance on Talking Smack after, um, during, during the, the really intense time with, uh, Brian, mm-hmm. um, he makes such a valid point in terms of, you might not like my wrestling style. It might not be the most over the top dynamic, uh, high flying wrestling style that you've ever seen. But he's never been hurt and he's yeah. consistently been out there and he does, no, he's not going to put together a five star match, yeah. but he will put together matches that, that allow storylines to progress. Um, Absolutely. and, and it's just, he, he, he's, he's, and, and then his one, uh, his one, um, uh, line that when my hand goes up, your mouth shut up. Works every just, time. And, and I start laughing out loud because it just works. It absolutely works. Um, when I remember Benson and I, like back in the early days of WWS, we talked, cause he also, like you said, the little things and he definitely does the little things that all add up because I remember when he first was doing this whole Hollywood Miz character and he came out and this was one of the first times he was wearing that ridiculous scarf and all that stuff. And then he, he actually did, cause I think he was, stu- he, w- he hadn't, he was still kind of a face, but he was doing the turn 
And one of the things that solidified for me was he was going up to fans. He would shake some fans' hands, and this is when he had Sandow as assistant. <laughs> then he had Sandow hand him a bottle of hand sanitizer <laughs> right in front of the people. And I'm like, that most people would not even think about doing that. Wow, wow. And like, that's the kind of stuff that he does that's so great. Like, I think, like, bringing in Maurice, like, that was kind mm-hmm. of – because she's a freaking heat magnet. Like, like <laughs> Just the, the, the two of them together, when they come out, they look like rock stars. Like, yeah. they, they legitimately do look like they would be Hollywood A- A-listers. Yeah. The fact that he when, – when he's talking about that side of his uh, character, he believes it. He believes it 110% when he's, when he's in character. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what you need to do. And I think that's maybe something that, that something like Dolph has never had. He's never had a really hardcore side of his, his, uh, character that, um, is he just kind of looks like a, a motley crew roadie who has fallen into, <laughs> into professional wrestling and who happens to be really good at it. Yeah. But, but I want Dolph to find some kind of, steady ground because yeah, he just was, doesn't, can't find it. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out like, how do we get, because when, when, when I, when we started doing MBWS, we just started around WrestleMania 29 and you have that during, cause that, that was probably the height of Dolph Ziggler's career. Cause during, I remember during the Del Rio and uh, Jack Swagger match, you had an entire stadium of people chanting, we want Ziggler because they all thought he was going to cash in at Mania, and then that didn't happen. But then the next night when he did cash in against Del Rio, and that was the high point of his career, and it's mm-hmm. never and, – and then unfortunately he cashes in, and in his, in his first title defense he gets a concussion, and yeah. then it was all downhill from there. And he still – that was two, three – that was three years ago, and he still hasn't been able to, like you said, find a foothold and – Maybe that foothold is being a heel again. I don't know what that is, and he's got to figure that out. I've always thought that if there's anybody on the roster who who needs to be a heel and take something along the lines of like a Rick Rude character, because mm-hmm. um, I mean he's he's, he's he does some of the Rick Rude stuff, like right. He he's super pretty. I mean he's got the physique. He can he can he can work better than than most of the guys that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, take some kind of the just just be more in your face with it and just i think some people need a really really strong heel run in order to get over as a face and i really think that it's what he needs mm-hmm. well um as we're winding down i did just want to mention because we were talking about maurice so um veronica and i'll talk about it we're going to be next week is thanksgiving so we won't be around but uh We'll be back in two weeks with Veronica and wanted to talk with her since I, I are you, do you watch total, total divas just started back up? The, the, the only thing that I've seen of total divas is, um, are the, uh, the, the commercials. Yeah. What makes me want to watch it is I am shocked at how good Lana is. Oh my being- God. I, and, and I know you guys talked about it in an episode and, um, and, uh, and I think I got some attention from her, but I am, I am shocked at how well she owns the Lana character. Yeah. Because insane. even, yeah, even to listen, listening to her talk for, for 10 to 15 seconds on a promo as, as, uh, as CJ, is that mm-hmm. it? 
I had to rewind and listen to it again because of all the people who are kind of kayfabe only in, in, in the WWE universe, it's her and Rusev. Yeah. They never break kayfabe. And to, to watch even the short little promo clips with her just in her natural speaking voice makes me want to watch that show. Yeah. Um, because it was it, really it, cool seeing them interact with each other. Um, I love, I'm a huge Rusev fan. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love Rusev. Yeah. And seeing them interact together, I'm like, oh my God, they're, 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 they're such, they're great. They seem like a great couple. They seem like really cool people. Um, and they really embrace the opportunity they've been given. And it seems like, I don't know. And they seem like genuinely cool people. Whereas some of these people are just like, <laughs> I don't know, like, Especially after last ep- after the last episode of uh, Total Bellas, I, I I have such a hard time with Nikki Bella now because of the way she handled the whole Daniel Bryan situation, her attitude towards Bryan going through his whole because in addition of into his whole career thing, it was revealed, and I had an idea about this just from his book and following him for the years, but he suffers from depression and other mental health issues, and her handling of all that was. So terrible and inhumane. Now, now you'll have to because I did I didn't watch that either. But you'll have yeah. to let me know how much of that show do you think is oh so much reality television? It's definitely like I'm going to say like 95. percent But I think even in those situations, you do get a vibe off of people, and okay. you do get an idea of who they are as people. And yes, I think that Nikki does a good job of playing this character. But I also think that some of the things, some of the words that came out of her mouth, <laughs> some of the way her attitude, I'm just like, you can't fake that. And like, mm-hmm. that's kind of, but I mean, I get it. Like, and it seems, I, I have a lot more respect for the Bellas now, especially Brie, but because I mean, just what they've made of themselves and especially the way they've, they didn't, cause I mean, when they first started yet, they were not wrestlers and the way that they've become wrestlers and they've worked really hard. And oh, they're, they're excellent. I, I mean, I think it, when when I first got back into it, mm-hmm. I really kind of thought I, I didn't know who who or what they were. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were probably pre-existing E network characters who WWE had brought in, kind of like <laughs> like 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 oh the they found they found people who are like the Kardashians, yeah. Who were already, and it was only after I'd started watching and, and learning about them that I was like, oh no, they just came in as WWE performers and kind of then started going down that E network route. Yeah. Um, and the way that they have both progressed in the ring, um, I mean, Bree's retired now, or at least semi retired, whatever yeah. happened with her and after the kid. Um, but, but I mean, Nikki, where at once upon a time you could have really criticized her for, for her performances in ring. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't do that anymore. She, she's no. untouchable. Especially so. after the way she came back from that severe of an injury. Cause that would have been it for most people. And I think, I think like her relation, like John Cena probably had a big part in like encouraging her. Cause like most people don't come back from an injury like that, that kind yeah. of neck injury. What, what, uh, what, what was it on SmackDown? She was, she was, oh, when Charlotte, was it Charlotte who threw her off the ring apron? Yeah. And she, and, and I was like, oh God, I can't imagine doing that on a, on a surgically repaired neck. Yeah, like the, like the insane. way she came down. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so this, the, the total divas, um, 
So, yeah, Lana and Rusev are the big appeal for me this season. Also, Renee Young, and they've already teased, like, Dean Ambrose is going to be around a bit, and I just can't wait for that because um, Dean Ambrose has already popped up in a previous season, and you could tell he just didn't give a fuck. So, <laughs> uh, um, so I'm excited for that. Um, it is the one crazy thing that happened in this season premiere is I did not, I had heard rumors about the heat between the Bellas and Maurice over, um, the Maurice's, Maurice blames them for her getting released back in the day. Um, and both sides have their stories, but I think there's still, there is definite some, and even when they were doing the show, it'll be curious to see how this all, this story kind of plays out, but there definitely seemed to still be quite a lot of, um, tension between those people <laughs> they ah, really um like some re- and maurice does not come off but i think she's definitely playing a part even on total divas um and she's the spoiler like she's there to just fuck some shit up like <laughs> and she are like right away she does that and just gets uh, right in Bree's face basically again blaming her for getting fired from the wwe because of some contract disputes that because apparently the story and this is where you go on the internet and I tried to find some more information but again it's still there's 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 what Bree says and there's what Marie says and that's kind of where it's at but Marie says that back when they were renegotiating their contracts this would have been in like 2010 like ish 2009 um, they Maurice and the Bellas basically bonded together and refused to sign a deal until WWE gave him more money. And then depending on who you believe, Maurice either the WWE then decided to let Maurice go or the, the Bellas, according to Maurice went back, basically said, don't sign Maurice, sign us. And then the Bellas renegotiated their deal without Maurice. Um, oh man, I haven't heard anything like that. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty crazy story, but it seems to me like, I don't know, I don't know what to believe, but it sounds like WWE was looking for a reason to get rid of Maurice because I think she had just her character. There was only so much. Yes, she was Diva's champion, but there was only so far that was going to go because she was never, um, she's never a very good wrestler. Um, And I think they were definitely trying to push the women's division in a different direction um, at that time. And, uh, and they just didn't see a future for Maurice in that. Um, and, but then I also, <laughs> then I'm also like, it seems like the Bellas aren't as innocent as they claim to be in all of this because I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say that, that nobody in that industry is going to be necessarily 100% innocent. Oh, yeah. In those, in it's those a, interactions. It's, even now, it's still, it's still insane how it all operates, like from a business perspective, from a talent, like, like even in today's world, like with like the fact that they're still independent contractors and they're, they're basically like, that's the one area of WWE that I still get a little squeamish about is the, the talent, the way they treat and, and their talent. And I know it's getting better, but it's still like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about a lot of that. <laughs> I I think WWE as as a company has has come a long way in how they've treated their their workers. Yeah. The one difference, the one big difference now between between the Attitude Era was 
there's nowhere else to go. So if this is really, really what you want to do mm-hmm. and you, and you want to make a, you want to make a, a nice living at it, you're going to work under whatever conditions that, that, uh, that they provide. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all I, you have to kind of give it to Del Rio. Um, we don't know what the specifics there are, but it seems like it was a mutual parting of the ways. Mm-hmm. Um, he he basically said, "Okay, well, even though you're really the only game in town, though he has he has AAA and CMLL that that he can always he can always uh, work with, um, but that's still taking a huge step down. And the fact that he's able to walk away and go, okay, well, I, I think I'm good. Thanks, thanks, thanks. It, I kind of have to respect him for that because mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of other guys who this is what I want to do. Okay, well, WWE, I'll I'll basically sign off on." Whatever you, I mean, Ryback too. Ryback for the same way. Um, yeah, uh, he, I don't necessarily. He just tweeted. I, I I I was very entertained by his tweet where he's he's now he's moved. It seems like he's moved on from the secret. It is now he talked about how he was reading Dianetics, and I'm like, oh Ryback. He seems that that just only makes sense. That just <laughs> only makes sense because of course that's what he's reading right now. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm curious. I, I I've never been a huge Ryback fan, but um, I mean, like you said, like if if it's 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 going to take some of these guys to be like, no, we're not going to put up with this, and I'm going to go do my own thing. I mean, guys like Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. um, and 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 seeing and and especially as the independent world is definitely in a boom period, mm-hmm. and hopefully that trend will continue and will give these guys some options, and also push WWE to explore different things. I mean, like, again, like they're partnered with evolve. They're working with other promotions. They're doing things we never would have imagined um, years ago. And I feel like it's headed in a good direction. We'll see. Um, Well, speaking of, you know, the next, we were talking about NXT. So um, NXT just made a crazy announcement where they are doing a show um, in my backyard, basically in Riverside, California. Um, on the 15th, tickets go on sale on Monday, and this uh, this building they're doing it in the Riverside Auditorium, it's half the size of the Palladium. So I'm wow. guessing they're going to go and like it's gonna it's gonna it's it's like 1,200 people max. Um, so I, I really I want to be there because I don't know what that's even like. That's going to be nuts. Like the Palladium was nuts. I mean, it was so loud in there. From, from the matches that I've seen that, that I've seen on. Um... NXT TV. I mean, it looked like a fantastic atmosphere. Oh, dude, it was so great. I mean, you, and you could see that. I mean, especially the DIY authors of pain match. The crowd was just going crazy, and it was small enough. And then it's because it's the Southern California, and a lot of like I was just walking around. It was like a every time there's a big wrestling event in Southern California, and I've been part of the scene here for for long enough where you you see a lot of the familiar faces going to all the shows so it was like a big reunion seeing all these people and then like DIY got such a huge reaction because those were PWG guys I did it have did it have the PWD uh, PWG atmosphere It definitely felt more like that than it did a WWE show Okay <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah just with the fan reactions the chants people were I had no I I knew Ty Dillinger is super over right now, um, but they were doing ten chants throughout the entire show, like just things like that, getting behind like uh, just I mean like people like when Ra- when Roddy came out the place went crazy yeah uh, and then 
that I never, I, I mean, I was there for Nakamura's NXT debut in Dallas, and <sighs> I feel like his reactions have only gotten bigger. <laughs> the one thing that that always that has been surprising surprising me about NXT is that they are able to keep promoting people and then keep replenishing and yeah and somehow sustaining the momentum. Yeah. Every time that I feel like that 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 the, the the talk about NXT is slowing down or or people are, are are coming down off of an NXT high, it builds right back up. Yeah, um, it's it's one of the most impressive things that I think. WWE is doing yeah. is that they just keep feeding even, even like, a, like a Bobby Roode. I had no interest in TNA, none. Mm-hmm. And the way that they've repackaged him in NXT. Oh my God. It's amazing. It, it's brilliant. I mean, it's absolutely, and it, it goes to me, it shows me just, they know what they're doing. They are better yeah. at this than anybody else in the entire world yeah. in terms and, of packaging people appropriately. Yeah. And it gives me so much hope because I mean, that is Hunter's show. And yeah. Hunter, if all, I mean, and all, if all seems to the way it's headed, like he's going to be in charge maybe whenever that happens. But I think that just, it gives me hope that, I mean, and peace of mind that the WWE is in amazing hands because yeah. when he's calling the shots, this is what we're looking at, you know? Yep. And cause again, talk about Ty Dillinger. The dude was a straight up jobber. <laughs> and they turned him into one of the biggest. He's selling shirts now. Like, and mm-hmm. that, your average promoter would have no idea how to do that. No, no. Like, I, there are only a few people that can do things like that. Paul Heyman's one of them. Cause I mean, Paul Heyman took WWE cast offs and made him into superstars. Yeah. Uh, and I think, and Triple H is taking TNA cast offs and turning uh-huh. him into the biggest. I mean, I, when you look at like the, the guys that are on top now, you have, like you have AJ Styles, of course, um, but then you have like Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, Austin Aries, EY. Like I mean, they're doing some amazing stuff with these guys that, again, like TNA had written off or just decided not to. They'd rather promote former WWE guys over all these guys, and now these guys are getting their shot. And I mean, it, it's, it does make me want to go back and try and find old TNA episodes and, and and give them a watch and find out was it just the stink of TNA that makes TNA what it is is it is it just the, the the aroma and if you actually give the product a chance it's decent i've never given it a chance i've uh, tried so many times but it just feels like they're wasting talent i mean if you listen to like the first episode of MBWS Benson and i are complaining that that TNA is not using AJ Styles and Austin Aries. They're getting buried. And and then sure enough, both of them left the company short after that. So like uh-huh. this is not a new thing. Okay. Um and and that was that was like and 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 like watching I mean my prime examples here are when you have two of the hugest names in wrestling now, um Samoa Joe and they had and and and, and then they brought in like some of the way they used Japanese guys was like I mean they had they had Kazuchika Okada who <laughs> and and he was like they made him like Kato uh, and, and he Gosh. was like the Kato to Samoa Joe for like a few weeks and then that was it and and like and and like some of those other guys that were in there I mean look at like they they had I mean the the people that have come through TNA it's insane I mean they had they had they had CM Punk they mm-hmm. had. And like, and then the other guys that spent their entire, almost entire careers in the company, you can never get above a certain level. Guys like AJ Styles, guys like Christopher Daniels, 
Kazarian, mm-hmm. all those guys who um, have found great success elsewhere. Yeah. And um, I think that says a lot about, and then, and now I was a little bit excited to see where TNA was going to go in a new direction. And now they're like, Nope, uh, Dixie's still in charge and we're just going to keep this ship headed in this direction. And she, and, I thought, I thought that, that, uh, that she was being bought out, that she was still going to have like a very small minor ownership stake, but then Anthem was coming in and taking over and well, putting in all their new people. Well, that's, so that's remains to be seen if they okay. put in new people, because right now they basically, they're, they're, they're throwing money at it and they're taking, but so far, like Dixie's still in charge, <laughs> especially now that Billy's gone and it's still, it's Dixie. And I mean, I mean, I don't even, I, I, I don't get like, I mean, I, they need to, they need to do something because why they, what kind of business move is that? I don't understand. Like, why think, do they think, what do they think is going to happen? I think sometimes you just, I, I, I think they happen to be a, a promotion that has somehow continued to find money marks along the way. Yeah. Um, because wow, if she remains in charge, that's, that's, that, yeah. We'll see what happens. Cause that's kind of an ongoing thing, especially like, I mean, I don't know. I was like, I was reading they, they, uh, they're, they're, I mean, they're still, I mean, you got the Hardys. But how long is that going to last? I mean, right. I don't know. Right. Uh, and then how long, as, as as these other guys are seeing their former peers succeed in other places, um, and 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 as they're like, as they're all just kind of, I mean, there are certain guys where for them, like that's where they're going to be. And right. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, so yeah, that, that NXT show on Riverside's coming up. Tickets go on sale on Monday. I know me and some of the local MBWS listeners were kind of bonding together, trying to find a way to get tickets. Cause it's, I mean, the Palladium show sold out in like two minutes and this <laughs> is like half that. So wow. like, um, luckily I have the day off on Monday so I can be ready, prepared. Right. And, right. Uh, and then, so, and I jokingly was like, well, PWG hasn't announced their December show yet, so who knows when that's going to be, but it's probably going to be right around that time. And sure enough, the PWG sh- December show is the next day. Is it um, really? Oh, my yeah. God. So that's going to be a crazy weekend because yeah. um, NXT is going to be on Thursday, PWG on Friday. So I'll be driving a lot. Um, <laughs> if I could, but, then, but then there's a huge likely chance that I won't get tickets to either one. To either of them. Because I mean PWG, I talk about a small building. You're you're basically competing with, I'm going to say at least ten thousand people to get like four hundred and fifty tickets. It's crazy. Is, is that uh, is that is that the legit demand? Like like is that what they they think people? Oh, like? it's got to be in the thousands. It's got to be wow. in the thousands of people wanting to buy tickets. Um, just just talking to some guys about like the site traffic that they're getting when tickets go on sale, and um. And just kind of the buzz. I mean, when I think, when I look, when I, like, Bola, people were coming from all over the world. Uh, and, and I mean, yes, this is a non-Bola show, but this is, they all, they've only announced one match so far, and it's going to be Marty Skrull versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. for the PWG title. Oh, and man. that already, that's going right. to sell, that's, that's huge. And this is, I mean, we're, we're now in the, we're, we're, we're about to start what I'm thinking is going to be the era of Marty Skrull. In, and, and, um, but I mean, he's blown up in the last, he's, he just signed him and Will Ospreay signed deals with ROH. There are, well, Will Ospreay just won the, 
um, TV title off of Bobby right. Fish. So, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, and this is all coming in the last, this British invasion in wrestling is just nuts. Uh, I, have you, had, did you make it to any of the Lucha Underground, um, house shows? I didn't. They were, the one in San Diego was a little, like, it was too far for me. Okay. Um, but I've, I mean, it sounds like they were a pretty big success. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like a really, really good time for wrestling in general. Oh, yeah. It might not be a number one competitor to WWE, but it's, if you want to just watch good shows and good matches, you have any number of opportunities. I think I might try and go to a Tommy Dreamer's, um, House of Hardcore. Oh, yeah. They have a December show coming up in the arena. So I think I might try and go see that. Um, you just have so many opportunities to go see decent wrestling. We have Chikara out here. Um, uh, so, they're, they're another really I'm so pumped. excellent, excellent group. Um, they're finally doing a show at WrestleCon during WrestleMania weekend. Chikara so I'll get is? to go, I'll get to go to my first Chikara show because, nice. um, that's the other, I, I bought my WrestleMania ticket. Uh, it's on. Um, and so now I got to work out, uh, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, it's a slow process, but there's this, this year is going to, every year it gets in, bigger and bigger. Um, as far as the, all the other stuff going on, my first right. year when I went to New Orleans, the Evolve shows were at Tulane University in a gym. There was never more than like a hundred people at the Evolve shows. Um, <laughs> then in San Jose, when I went with Benson, um, they were at a bigger venue. There was like maybe 300 people tops at some of the bigger nights. Um, and, and then Dallas, everything was sold out and it was in a 2000 seat. Wow. Like, That's and crazy. even there was even like, there was several hundred people at, uh, Kaiju big battle, which was like, wow. they, like there, cause I mean, Abushi was there. Uh, uh-huh. right. But, right. And like, so this year I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. Uh, it just keeps getting bigger. They're putting, I mean, like the whole week is just a crazy thing. Um, I, I I don't know. I I feel like it's gonna be hard. I like uh, tickets are on sale for a lot of this stuff already. Like they're um the, they're doing a progress show. They're doing the Chikara. They're doing Beyond Wrestling. Um, they're doing What Culture Pro Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> probably what all the Q and A's that might occur over the over the. Oh season. yeah. Um, last year, I mean, even at WrestleCon, just at WrestleCon, there was like it was cool. Like um, they had like you know live. I mean, they always have like live uh. Live Cole Cabana, live other guys. That, I mean, I was looking through my pictures from New Orleans. I, I've forgotten. I got to see a live Steve Carino doing his podcast, live Kevin Owens doing his podcast back in the day. I watched uh, Marty DeRosa interview Goldberg, interviewed oh, Sting. Wow. Um, and like, and then last year they had like the Hardys. They had all the Lucha Underground guys. Um, so like, it's it's become like a destination for wrestling fans, and it's it's been it's been great. I love right. it. Um, well, and now it sounds like you're going to have that four times a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now they're doing like, yeah, around the pay-per-views. Right. Definitely. Um, I'm still very upset that I don't know what happened, but I still have – I was trying to get to the bottom of what did L.A. do? What did Staples Center do to lose the Royal Rumble? And and we they, they gave us – we have a house show coming up in December, but they haven't announced anything big. And so, like, we went this whole year without having a pay-per-view in L.A., which is – but yeah, – that doesn't um, happen very often. No, but I think part of it is they opened up that new arena in Vegas. And um, so they've already had one event there. They've announced, I think, next year they've already – something's going to be there. Um, they're doing an NXT show in Vegas, um, actually, the weekend 
after the Riverside show. And I'm thinking about maybe since uh, that'll be the start of my Christmas vacation, right. I might go out to Vegas to watch NXT. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's just been crazy just seeing all that blow up and seeing, I mean, evolve with this flow slam thing. I still don't know how I feel about the flow slam thing. I feel like they're asking for quite a bit of money. They're asking for a lot of money with, I think this is still the only two promotions they've announced are shimmer and yeah. evolve. And um, I don't understand why. I know there was rumors that that was going to go into WWE Network. So what happened there? I don't understand. I don't get it. I mean, I, I have to admit right now, for me, there is just too, too much. I can't. I, I, can't keep up. I, I really did like the fact uh, prior to the brand split that SmackDown was just a throwaway show that you yeah. didn't watch. Um, but trying to watch Raw and SmackDown and NXT and and I well, I guess the, I guess the pay per views are going to become a little bit less infrequent, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Um, but, but I thought about, I thought about signing up for New Japan World. Don't have the time. Yeah. I, I've been, I've been trying to keep up with New Japan and it's hard. Um, I did just watch, I'm one, I'm a whole pay-per-view behind on New Japan World. I just finished watching, uh, the, I think it was King of Pro Wrestling that had the, um, Okada Marafuji. They brought, like, cause they, they're doing this whole interpromotional war with Noah. And so having, the champion, like the ace of New Japan versus the ace of Noah and Okada Marafuji. And that match was insane, but it happened a month ago and I just watched it. Yeah. I <laughs> just so far have, behind I am. I don't have time for anything extra. It's just not, I mean, yeah. I mean, with the way that I'm watching Raw and SmackDown at four to 5 a.m. across the course of the week, Man. <laughs> trying to fit anything else in. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. difficult. Trying to, I, I, I usually don't end up getting to watch Lucha Underground till like Thursday or Friday. Um, cause I still want to watch that, especially now that, right. Um, after the next, I think two or three episodes, then I'm totally fresh because I didn't go to the whole rest of the season three taping. Okay. Oh, the cool. last, the last taping I went to was the Aztec Warfare taping. And then there were, they, like, they taped Aztec Warfare on Saturday and then they did another two or three episodes. So I know what happens the next few episodes, but still watching the vignettes and stuff and what they're doing. And I mean, they put their main belt on a woman this week. Like that's crazy. Right. That is, that is, it's crazy, but I, it's so outside of the box. Thing. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I like it. I like and it. They brought in the, I, um, I, 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 I felt very proud of myself that I, cause people, some people had asked me about it and I managed to keep it a secret, but, um, the, they had like four or five girls from a uh, stardom in Japan made their debut during Aztec warfare and they're going to be, um, highlighted quite a bit going forward. And that's, that's exciting. Awesome. Cause if you, if for people that aren't a, like aware of the whole Japanese women's wrestling thing, it's a whole other giant thing that I'm not even really, cause again, it's too much. I can't get I'm into not, it as much. I'm not super, I'm not super keyed in on it, but from what I've seen, it's, it's stiff. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. If you look yeah. at somebody like Asuka, I mean, that's where she comes from. Right. And, right. And, right. Okay, so one more thing because we're we gotta wrap up here because shoot NXT starts in like in a couple hours. It uh, does, and that the I mean we got some big matches on that card. You've got um you've got the revival against DIY for the titles. You've got um the the Dusty Tournament Finals um between Authors of Pain and TM61. But the two matches that I'm just really hyped up for, I mean. Which is crazy, Asuka versus Mickey James. What do you think that's gonna? What what's gonna happen? 
I have a feel. I have a feeling Asuka just destroys. I yeah. don't see Mickey getting a whole lot of offense in. I don't know why they would allow her to get offense in. Just, I think this is going to be a sacrifice. Uh, you just <laughs> further. You think? I think. I think you're right. I think because okay. So here's, um, here's my dream scenario is that Asuka leaves NXT undefeated and comes in to Raw or SmackDown. I'm hoping SmackDown with just. That crazy, like, she basically gets, like, she's too brutal. Something happens where she just completely destroys somebody and they basically kick her out of NXT. Like, I mean, I mean, right now, when you look at NXT, there's really nobody that they're building up to the level, which is why yeah. they probably need to bring Mickey James in because yeah. they're, they, they haven't built anybody else up. Well, I was, cause I, I have been thinking that Nia Jax was gonna be that, but then they bumped Nia Jax right. up, which I think was a good move, because you need that powerhouse lady, and I think she's finally started, they're really starting to show that and spotlight that. But the only person that's close right now, and she's still got a ways to go, is Ember Moon, and, mm-hmm. um, but and now they've got them teaming up together, so I don't see that. I just, I think there's gonna be some, the, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, like, I, I have faith in what they're gonna do because so far everything's been good, but I think there's gonna be some kind of, maybe not a heel turn, but just, she's too, she's too brutal. They have, they have yeah. no, they have no, so she ends up, like, vacating the belt or being forced to and moving on up and just fucking shit up on the main roster. No, I, I really, I really like that idea. I don't like the, I don't like the idea of her, Dropping the belt to anybody who's currently there right now. Yeah, I don't, just, I don't think I don't think anybody's ready for that. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe the belt goes vacant and they take some time with, without a champion and and build a tournament up or something. Yeah, because uh, they are making it. I think they are doing a good job of building up like the younger women, like you have, like you know Peyton Royce and Billy Kay and all these younger women, but those women still have like a ways. I mean, this is developmental and they still have a ways to go. And so I think like what you said, that's a good way to continue to build those women up. Yeah. The brand split, just continuously sacrificing people to Asuka. Yeah. The, the, the brand split really hurt the women's division in terms yeah. of, in terms of overall depth, but, yeah. but we're in a building period. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, so that's happening. And then you've got the rematch between Nakamura and Joe, which the way they've been building this up with all their brutal just confrontations and both Joe and Nakamura beating up endless security guards <laughs> to get to each other. And holy crap. I mean, I, they're both on fire. I, I'm, I'm pumped. And I think this is going to be, I'm hoping, I mean, Joe's got to be on his way out, right? That's my assumption. I, I don't, I think he, I, he's more ready to go up than mm-hmm. Nakamura. I think Nakamura still needs a little bit more time to figure out his character is, his character is right now, I think still built for a small arena. Yeah. Um, it's still built to get over with a really, really hardcore crowd. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know yet when he comes up, how his charisma is going to, is going to translate in an 18,000 seat basketball arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for that reason, that reason alone, I think, I think Nakamura has to win and Joe, Joe goes up. Yeah. And I'm hoping it's some kind of just brute, again, a brutal thing where like Joe comes out looking just like this monster, which they've done a really good, and, the, yeah, and I think, and I, I want to see Joe just come in as a, as a monster because I think they need that. They need somebody like that 
Like put them with, and you can put them with anybody up there. They, they really, so outside of Lester, who doesn't count because he's a special attraction. The only, well, okay. So you have Braun who kind of is in the same mold, but not, not nearly the work of Joe mm-hmm. is of course. Yeah. And then you have Rusev. Yeah. Rusev and Joe are really, really very, very similar. I think wrestlers mm-hmm. in terms of their in-ring style and, 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 and what they can bring in. And they're, they're just all around attributes. But other than that, um, they really don't uh, really other than Rusev, they don't have anybody like Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you add Joe. Oh man, you add Joe to SmackDown. You get Joe a little, you, 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 uh, get, get some AJ Joe matches again. Oh yeah. I mean, um, everybody, I, I, I don't, people that haven't seen it, are going to be blown away and the people that have seen it where we haven't seen that in so long. Right. And right. Especially at the level that they're both at right now. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm getting pumped up just thinking about that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think NXT takeover is going to be great. We got survivor series tomorrow. We'll be talking about that when next time we do the show with Veronica and uh, I'm just, I'm excited uh, for, for that. And we've, and, and will, it's been great having you on the show. Oh man, it's been great. I like, I, I like I've told you, uh, just you and Veronica do such an awesome job, and it's it's so refreshing with Veronica on Veronica's side to hear somebody who doesn't know. Yeah, I love it. It was just starting to to pick it up and get into it, and listening to. She's not jaded in so many of the podcasts you listen to, or so many of the oh, yeah. columns you read. Everybody's so jaded about the sport, and that's that's just not me. Overall, I think it's in a really good place. So it's refreshing to hear your podcast. Yeah, it's fun, especially hearing the. It's it's fun to hear the things that Veronica picks up on that as a fan that's been watching basically my entire life in one form or another that just I don't think about anymore mm-hmm. or don't care. And the things that she does pick up on is like it's it is it's real fresh and that's why I like it. And like it, just the stuff that we take for granted that yeah. somebody new to it doesn't. Yeah, like the rules. <laughs> like, right. Like, right. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is. It's. It, I mean, it's a goofy. This is a goofy thing. It's goofy, but it's also fun and it's also it has roots in legitimate things and it there's nothing else like it and i think that's that's it's great yeah. um so where can people find you on the internet you on twitter um on twitter you can find me at bald guy will i don't mm-hmm. tweet that much generally if i'm watching because i don't watch i don't watch raw live i don't watch smackdown live um but generally during a pay-per-view i'll be watching live most of the time so i might be tweeting out then um, Instagram, bald guy, will same thing. Other than nice. that, I'm not really doing anything else. Yeah, well, that's so. cool, man. You're just, um, you're just hanging out with your kid, trying to, exactly. you know, um, but, um, it was great having you on and hopefully we'll have you again. I want, um, yeah, it, I want to have you on again when Veronica's back at some point. Just that would be cool. Talk. And, uh, but it was great. Thank you for filling in and you can check us out. MBWSpod.com. And that's where we got our contact form. If you got questions, comments, anything like that, BenVNetwork.com for all the other BenV Network shows. Uh, check out Radio Brendo Man. Well, we're not, we're taking Thanksgiving off, but before that, um, Phil and I talked about, I feel like we have this, um, we have this weird curse thing where people we talk about, um, sometimes die. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about like uh the guy from the Big Lebowski and he passed away and sort of things. But food items that we talk about come back because we were just talking about the McRib last week and the McRib <laughs> is back in California. So uh if you want to that's uh radiobrendo.com and then the other Benvy Network shows, there's a lot of new shows on there, 
lot of great stuff. And you can hit us up on Twitter at MBWS Podcast and Facebook, all that. So, um, Will, once again, it was great having you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate and, it, man. This was fun. And um, for MBWS, I'm Brendan Creasy, and we will see you next time in the ring. On time, we're taking over the prime time. And if you cross us, you're stepping over the fine line. But we can take this to the center of the ring. And when the bell dings, it's time to go. I'll hit the top rope while you're bleeding. No, slam me with the chair in the back of your head. Put you through a table, now you're thinking you're dead. As I climb the ladder and reclaim the belts, you're going home with a face full of welts. We came to win. Well, you better know it's Matt and Brendo's wrestling show. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Feeling peckish this midnight? Set your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sample only the finest and sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinara sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appétit. <laughs>